guys, um, you know, when it came to the last couple episodes where we did some Q&A, were there any topics we missed? We tried to cover what seemed to be the biggest ones that people were asking about. And another one that came up in big numbers was sleep. You know, it's a hot topic today. Uh, has been for the last couple of years. And people have really understood their sleep issues as we've gone through this crisis we've been through. And you've been at home and you've learned more about uh, your relationship with sleep uh, because you've, you have the time to actually deal with it. You're not driving back and forth to work, etc. So things have changed and people recognize that it's an issue. I think it's something like between 30 to 50% of Americans don't sleep properly. It depends where you look. There's some polls that say 30% and some say up to 50 I can tell you from the clinical work that we've done that the number one thing that people say, oh, wow, I feel better is their sleep. And a lot of them didn't realize how poorly they were sleeping until they started sleeping better. And this is where the way we understand sleep isn't you can't sleep at night. Let's give you a pill, a supplement and teach you how to sleep at night. There's multiple things going on that prevent people from having good quality sleep. And the quality is a key word there. Um, this is where genetics and the things that we've understood, you know, that drive good or bad sleep fall in multiple buckets. And because we're dealing with resolving genetics of optimability, like plugging holes and gaps, sleep just automatically seems to get resolved. So I'm going to tell you what we learned as we've been through these people where we were fixing problem A and probably probably, uh, sorry, problem B sleep just seems to resolve itself. So first of all, we see sleep as three different problems. It's not, I can't fall asleep at night, take some melatonin. That's one. So the first of three is literally the ability to actually fall asleep on time into a deep quality sleep state uh, every day, regardless of what happened during the day. The second is the ability to stay asleep. There's some people that don't have an issue falling asleep, but like myself, and we'll speak to this, have challenges getting deep quality sleep and staying asleep and not waking up too early. The third is, well, I've slept through the night, but I still woke up feeling like garbage. Like it just, I don't get rest and I don't understand what it is. Uh, my, I'm gone for eight hours. It's, I was done, but I just don't feel rested no matter what I do. So genetically, these are three very different problems. And you'll start to understand as we dive into them where we were resolving different things unrelated and they sort of poke their holes or poke their noses through and resolve sleep as well. So let's look first at I can't fall asleep. So internally, we have what we call circadian rhythms, these clocks, and you know, you all know you have it, that's this, you know, when you know, you need to wake up to be on a flight, and you got to be up at 4am instead of eight or seven or whatever time you normally get up, that clock gets set that internal alarm clock the ability for us to do that is different for all of us. Some of us do that really well. Some of us don't do it at all. This is regulated by two key genes. One of them is actually called clock. The clock gene highly regulates your ability to uh, understand or deal with circadian rhythm and time. And this is relating to all the biochemistry of the body and being on time per the daily schedule. There's a second gene called BDNF and its relationship to falling asleep is a little more complex, but again, speaks to that circadian rhythm and clock. We're going to speak more towards BDNF. So what's going on there is, again, BDNF, we've spoken about this earlier. It's, you know, developing neural connection. It's, it's the brain's uh, neural pathways and being driven by high levels of brain-derived neurotropic factor and doing a good job of that. So the people that don't do a good job of that struggle more with variety and variability 
and not having structure. So for some of us, you know, I slept, I slept at 1130. The other day I slept at 1230. Then I slept at 1am. Different days have different problems and different benefits. And so I sleep at a different time. For some people, that's not a problem. For some people, that is a disaster. The people that have poor BDNF and the inability to map their clock and match, you know, their body to the actual time that's going on need structure. There's several things going on there. First of all, their body doesn't know what time it is. They don't know is it, is it nap time or bedtime. That literal internal clock just doesn't function that well. And so you have to provide it the structure so that it's much easier for it to know what time it is, which means go to bed on time every day. If you're that person that can't fall asleep, you have to structure around that. The other things that need to happen is you need to actually elevate BDNF levels. You need to do things that boost those levels so that you actually can set your circadian rhythm and you can fall asleep when you actually go to bed on time because even then some people can't fall asleep even though they structure their days properly. So what does that for you? Well, uh, starting your day right. Sleep doesn't start at nighttime. It starts in the morning. When you get up, if you're not going outside and getting exposed to sunlight and vitamin D, and the reactions that happen when your sun, sorry, when your eyes actually uh, make contact with sunlight, there's things that happen that start that clock. And if you're not starting your clock efficiently, don't expect it to end efficiently. That's the big challenge. We don't live, especially in the past couple of years, in a lifestyle where you get up, go to work, you know, and get that sunshine. Uh, a lot of us don't even go outside. You're, if you're living downtown in a city like Toronto, you might go from your condo underground to your office and literally not even go outside. So it's very important to start your day the way our ancestors did, which is get outside and get that sun because that sun and that vitamin D and everything that happens in that reaction triggers the day has begun. I'm now going to start the clock and all the biochemical uh, processes that are going to happen that eventually lead to me sleeping on time. So that's a big one. It's funny how a hot shower in the morning will actually boost your BDNF levels. You'll find that there's certain people for whom if you don't start your day with that, you know, regimented hot shower, your mood is off. There's some people for whom it doesn't matter. Some people don't shower. That's a whole other topic. We're not going to talk about that. But for those of us that feel like I need that hot shower, or my mood is off. Well, your BDNF levels are probably off also. And that's why you need that temperature to boost them up for you, especially in the winter when you're not getting the sun. And this is for some people, you notice that that seasonal mood disorder is very prevalent or obvious for you, probably because your vitamin D pathways aren't the best and your BDNF pathways aren't the best. So for those people, again, starting the day right, starting the clock right. Another layer is understanding that as you get into the evening, there's things you can do to continue that elevated BDNF. Low intensity, high duration exercise, going for a brisk walk, you culturally, ancestrally, most cultures did this. The day's over, family gets together, couples leave the house, and you go for a walk. This used to be standard. This used to be typical of wherever you looked in the world. We don't do it anymore because time is so precious because we have too much on our plates. So that brisk evening walk gets your system again, first of all, back onto its schedule to know what's happening. You know, it's, it's now walk time. Second, boost your BDNF level. So again, you're better prepared for that. I need to go to sleep on time. The other thing, if you think about what our ancestors did versus what we do, we have these beautiful homes with pot lights and TVs and laptops and stimulation 
any angle, anywhere you look, there's something stimulating you. That's not what happened ancestrally. What happened ancestrally is when it was nighttime, it was dark. There was candles and the glow of a candle is not when you're in your home with, you know, pot lights that are ultimately brighter than being outside in the daytime. It was an amber glow. And as you got into the evening, it was a light amber glow because you had candlelight, but you still had a little bit of light seeping and you had moonlight. When it got deeper into the night, especially in the winter, it was a deep amber glow because you would typically have a fire keeping you warm. So if you have, again, we've spoken of this before, but if you have a quarter million years of a habit of the eyes being triggered by sunlight to wake up and set the clock, of the eyes by triggered being triggered by a light amber glow in the evening that, oh, the time is now shifted. It's evening and time to calm everything down and get ready for sleep. And then that deep amber glow of the fire triggering while it's now actually time to go to sleep. If those things aren't happening to you, for you and you don't have a great internal clock, BDNF, brain drive, neurotropic factor, well, it's no wonder you can't fall asleep. You're wired and designed for certain certain coping mechanisms and responses to certain environmental changes that aren't happening for you. So whether you've been tested or not and understand your genetics, you you do know that our ancestors have taught our bodies, our genetic legacy is to do exactly what I just described. You can do this by dimming lights, by getting blue light filter glasses, by getting amber glasses that you can actually stack on. There's a great company called Viva Ray where you can actually magnetically attach uh, as you get through the progression of the day, various levels of depth of, of glow. Um, I do this in the evening and I find that on the days where I have my nightshade on, that deep amber, the ability to get into deep sleep instantaneously is so much different than when I don't do that and I'm, on, and I'm on my laptop getting blue light. So not only am I not coming back to the middle, but I'm going so far in the other direction, triggering and stimulating myself with blue light, which mimics sun spectrum. That's another thing is getting rid of that, getting rid of that, you know, stimulation of, you know, the laptop having a, a regimented program where one hour before sleep, it's off. I don't bring my phone into bed and scroll myself to sleep. I bring a book because that's what my ancestors did with dim light. So this, these are for the people that can't fall asleep. Now we're going to talk about another problem, which is actually a bigger problem. When we talk to people that say, I don't sleep properly, they don't realize until we talk it through that their challenge isn't, I can't fall asleep. It's usually that I can't stay asleep. That's actually the biggest problem we've encountered. People don't realize until, again, we talk them through it. So what's going on there is BDNF levels might be optimal. That clock may work well and you get knocked out, you get into deep quality sleep. The way we sleep, and we've spoken of this before, is that it's not a, a fluid eight hours. It's, it's a, a circadian rhythm, a clock of, you know, you're getting into these one and a half hour cycles that combine and turn into three hour cycles of getting in and out of deep sleep. And in between those three hour cycles, you actually wake up. Some of us don't realize the, the high quality sleepers. Some of us literally get up, go to the washroom, spin and think in their head for a few minutes. You know, whatever it may be, there's that visceral, like, I can feel that I'm awake. What happens in that full cycle is daylight is meant to trigger waking you up. Daylight triggers serotonin production. So whereas we know that melatonin puts us to sleep, melatonin is that chemical, that supplement that we take, it actually acts as a hormone once it gets in and puts you to sleep. Serotonin 
is that wake-up chemical that triggers the body. It's time to get up. Serotonin is triggered by stimulus. The stimulus is meant to be sunlight because the assumption is that there's no other stimulus. And that's the first thing that triggers you. Well, that's not the way we sleep. You sleep in a bed with your partner where the partner's tugging on the blanket. And you sleep in a bed where it's beautiful and comfortable and you have a mattress with three blankets and two pillows and it just gets too hot. You sleep in a house that is right next to another house with a dog barking or a car driving by or their lights go on before your lights. There's so many stimulus. You, you sleep in a house where your kids might wake up earlier than you or, or you may might wake up earlier than your kids and there's, there's food being cooked and there's smells and any stimulus that you were not meant to experience because you were meant to be in a room separated from everybody else and deep dark and the first thing that was meant to stimulate you was the sunlight but that's not what's actually happening. In that whole scenario, the, the biggest one is probably temperature because of the way we sleep and because of how our skin is this massive organ that head to toe is being triggered by the temperature of that bed. So that's the number one area where for serotonin producers that don't have a good relationship with serotonin, that are more sensitive to stimuli, that then start to trigger that serotonin production, which causes the brain to think, I'm, I'm done with sleep time, it's now time to wake up but you still force yourself to go back to sleep because you know it's three in the morning, you're not getting that deep, high quality sleep anymore because your body's fighting yourself to actually wake up. And this may sound, this may resonate and sound familiar to you. Well, yeah, it's right. That, that first two or three hours, I'm gone. I'm dreaming. I don't even know what happened. It's that second half of the night where I'm struggling, tossing, turning. I had six different dreams because I keep getting in and out of sleep and I keep noticing everything around me and it's too hot and it's too cold. All that stimulus needs to go away. That means absolute blackout. You're, you're, you're making the effort to do whatever you need to do with your windows to absolute blackout. That means if you do wake up in the night, that's the time where you put your eye mask on in that second half to, to get rid of the light. You may consider having separate blankets if you're in bed with your partner. It's, you, you're still in bed, but you can still have that prevention of blanket tugging, heat from the two bodies being too close together, and the longer they are together, the hotter it gets. You may consider getting a mattress cooler that regulates your temperature and there's great products out there. Chili Sleep is a great one where you can actually regulate with your app that it doesn't start off cold. You can actually start off warm to get you into a sleep and then as you're in deep sleep, it then gets cool to mitigate the effect of these beautiful heavy blankets and your partner sleeping next to you and maintain the absolute ideal temperature. There's things like eliminating noise and making sure that whatever's going on in your bedroom, that noise isn't seeping from people in, the other, in other rooms in your home or whoever those people may be. So all of this is to deal with how you prevent stimulus and triggering that serotonin production. Uh, because I can assure you, it not only affects your sleep, but it also affects your mood. Serotonin is your mood regulator, that mood balancer that allows you to deal with things as you should. Uh, and if your serotonin levels are off, you're not dealing with things as they should. And so keep in mind that your serotonin, serotonin is produced in your gut at the time you wake up in that later part of your sleep. Uh, and if you're dysregulating the second half of your sleep, you're screwing up that whole process and your mood is going to be off for the day. So it's very important to, again, for those people that I can't stay asleep, to deal with this properly and realize melatonin knocking you out is not the solution because you don't have a challenge falling asleep. You have a challenge staying asleep. So get rid of the stimulus. Then there's people that say, well, I sleep eight hours, but I don't feel rested in the morning. And genetically, again, very different. 
BDNF may be optimal. I fall asleep. Serotonin may be optimal. Nothing bugs me. I sleep like a, like a brick. But it still wasn't quality sleep. And if you measure it with something like an aura ring, you'll probably find that. You didn't get into that deep sleep state, which you need, you know, a good hour and a half of per night. So what's going on there? Well, multiple things. Typically, people like this have environmental issues, meaning that, and this is one of many, we're going to speak of a few things, but this is the big one that we've seen. There's so many great options now for what is a mattress? Is a mattress, you know, cotton stuffed with animal hair, which is what it used to be? Or is a mattress memory foam that was designed to be part of a spaceship, which we now found another use for? And as you roll over, there's all these micro bubbles full of toxic gas that you kind of off gas and pop every time you move around. Well, what if you're missing key de detox pathways that help you eliminate those things? And keep in mind, sleep is the time where you're eliminating toxins. Sleep is the time where glutathione gets to work. Sleep is the time where your body repairs and recovers. So you're already meant to be doing that. Now, if you're adding an additional load of while you're in the process of repairing and recovering and glutathione is going to work and the liver is working hard and everything is trying to clean that body to get you ready at an optimal state for the next day and you're adding another layer of toxic insult because you're sleeping on a foam pillow or a foam mattress or you bought a mattress that has fire retardants. This is especially problematic in California where the laws are very strict and stringent on the use of fire retardants. It's actually mandatory and all of a sudden it's very difficult to buy a mattress that doesn't have that on there. And what if you're missing key detox pathways or you're even suboptimal and you don't do these things so well? Or what if you deal with inflammation uh, poorly? Your methylation or anti-inflammatory response isn't the best. So there's multiple reasons why you can get there. But long story short, environmental loads will trigger poor quality sleep because you're already struggling at that time to repair and, re and recover from the environmental loads of the last day. And now you're adding an additional layer that you were ne never meant to deal with at that time and your body wasn't ready for it. So you have to understand how you deal with toxicity and you have to understand what toxicity you're exposing yourself to because that will affect your sleep. Another layer of I sleep, but I don't get good quality sleep. I don't know what's going on is food. The metabolic pathway was not designed for food at night. And a lot of you listening here, you know, get involved in um, inter intermittent fasting or, you know, a couple of days a week or sometimes 24 hour fasting, whatever you may do, you understand how optimal you can get your metabolic health if you eliminate food. And we've spoken about this before where the way we eat today is not the way we're designed to eat. It's the way we're sold to eat, right? What we're told is what we're sold, not what we actually need. So if you are that person that is hungry at night because potentially you don't metabolize starch as well and the food that you ate for dinner had starches in it and all of a sudden you're triggering an insulin response which is causing you to desire more food into the evening, which you were, you were not meant to be hungry at that time, and you're snacking and you're grazing and you're binging, then you're causing yourself to sleep through a metabolic state that you were not meant to be in. And just like that environmental disruption, you're causing metabolic disruption and your body's doing things that it wasn't meant to be doing while you're sleeping. You should go to be sleeping. You should be going to sleep with an empty stomach. Uh, you shouldn't be hungry, so get your proteins in, get everything in so you're not disrupting your sleep with hunger. But again, layer on top of that neurochemicals that drive behavior and some people are bingers, some people are addicts and structure their day in a certain way and they're used to having their snack with their Netflix and if they don't get it, they're grumpy. Well, this is not a switch that you turn on or off. This requires behavior change. So this means 
Don't expect the change to happen on day one. Expect to make tiny changes and eliminate it slowly. So get rid of that midnight snack and that get rid of the 10 p.m. dessert and that get rid of the sort of 9 p.m. grazing at the pantry after dinner. Uh, work on it slowly until these habits are permanent. Uh, don't expect again to flip that switch because that's not how, not how habit change happens. But first of all, recognize what you're doing wrong. Uh, you might want to avoid for these people again that are metabolically unhealthy, that deal with starches poorly or deal with insulin poorly. And you may know who you are. If you aren't, maybe consider getting a tracker or getting your genetic testing run so you know who you are metabolically. Again, avoid those starchy foods in the evening because that's just going to cause an insulin spike which just desires or causes you to desire more food and more starches, which is that sort of wormhole you don't want to be going down because it doesn't end. Another layer to, you know, I fall asleep, I sleep through the night, and I don't feel right. Your sleep is when you produce your hormones. And there's a lot of hormone disruption around us. We speak of this in other areas, but we don't consider how multifactorial all these problems are and how they affect different areas of our wellness, including sleep. And hormone disruption will affect your sleep. Your body is meant to, for men, you know, you do this daily. For women, there's a, there's a cycle that's monthly. But as you sleep, that's when you're sort of flushing through the cycle and going through the next step. So for men particularly, if you're not sleeping right, you know that you don't perform the same at the gym the next day. You know energy levels are not the same. You know that mood and behavior is completely off because your testosterone just didn't get produced. And it happens uh, later in your sleep cycle. So it's happening around 4 to 6 a.m. if you're sleeping at the typical sort of midnight or 11 p.m. Uh, so in the last part of your sleep cycle. So if you're also that person that is serotonin dysregulated and doesn't get the same quality sleep in the last part of the night, well, again, you're having this double multifactorial problem that is creating additional load. So you have to deal with each one of them and not sort of deal with them as siloed problems. They're all intersecting with each other. And for women, uh, again, different problems at different times of the month. There's certain times of the month where, where you're recovering muscular skeletally and there's certain times of the month where you know, you're going to have more mood and behavior problems and there's certain times of the month where it's more about your lining and trying to get pregnant or whatever your goal is. And all of these things that happen in your sleep, if you are exposed to, going back to the initial point, what we were trying to even say, hormone disruptors causing and wreaking havoc to your hormone production because you're not considering what's around you. You know, that Teflon-coated frying pan, that chemical that you're using to clean your countertops, uh, the pesticide in your grass, do your research and learn what the endocrine disruptors are, what the hormone disruptors are, what is going to interrupt your hormone pathways and cause this additional load that your body was not to be meant to be going through at that sleep time. You're meant to be ready to go, fresh start, and producing good, clean hormones. Not struggling with the overload your body created the night before, uh, the day before, and if it is the night before, it's even worse because it's happening right before sleep. Another thing for you to consider. So what happens if you don't sleep? Well, you're going to have a bad mood because your neurochemicals weren't produced. You're not going to have the energy. You're not going to you know, recover. And what do we speak of when we speak of disease? It's rooted in inflammation. We all agree on this already. And if you're not going through the processes of glutathionization, antioxidation, all the stuff that relieves inflammatory insults from your cell and creating optimal cellular health, 
Well, you're creating a fast track to disease. And this is where culturally we were taught that, you know, sleep is for the weak. I sleep three hours a day because I'm a CEO. That used to be the claim that was that was supported and made you feel like a superhero. And, and the truth of it is, this is actually a weakness, not finding the structure and not doing the work. It's literally like skipping any other work. You're doing something that is slowly aging you and creating the root cause of disease. So you want to you want to avoid that. Now, if we look at other areas, the stress response and the pleasure response is another big bucket that people don't associate to their sleep. And it's different for different people. So there's some people, and this will resonate with some of you, you're lying in bed and your head is spinning just trying to resolve what happened during the day and you can't fall asleep. There's some people that wake up in the middle of the night and immediately start thinking about what's coming the next day. And that stress or reward or sort of warrior response starts. There's some people for whom anxiety is de debilitating and causes them to stay awake. And then there's some people for whom the anxiety knocks them out and puts them to sleep. So there's multiple combinations here which would lead you to any one of these outcomes. Uh, and we'll speak to a couple of them. So when we go back to BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor, we sometimes call this the drama queen gene. Why? Because for people that are dysregulated, the problems, or people that have the suboptimal version, the problems that we all face during the day just mean so much more to these people. And so resolving them requires a lot more thought. I received a document that said something was wrong and I have to fix it. It could be that simple. It's already spelt out versus way overthinking it. And what's a great time to think when you're lying there in bed trying to fall asleep and there's your void of anything else you need to work on or focus on and all of a sudden your brain starts spinning. That spinning can be debilitating, meaning literally keeping you awake. And you know who you are when you hear this and it sounds familiar. There's some people that do this in the middle of the night. There's some people that wake up and it goes back to that serotonin response where your body thinks it's wake up time because your relationship with serotonin is off. And all of a sudden, when your head is spinning at night, uh, sorry, in the middle of the night, it's not because of BDNF, it's because of serotonin. And you have to deal with that by, again, eliminating stimuli. If you don't, well, then you can be like myself. Before I knew this, there was days where I'd wake up at three in the morning and start working. And I felt like I was great for doing that. I felt like, oh, I just had a great idea in my sleep. I'm going to go write it down and then I end up on my laptop for the next two hours. And entrepreneurially, yeah, to progress and do great things, you got to work, you know, as Elon Musk says, that uh, building a business is like chewing on broken glass. That's the kind of pain it causes. But it doesn't have to be that way if you plan things properly. So again, for that person that spins their head in the middle of the night, it's more of a serotonin issue, serotonin issue which goes back to eliminating stimuli. And as soon as you wake up, replace that problematic thought with relaxing thought. Make a conscious effort. This It is so much to do with uh, fixing sleep habits has to do with creating new habits, has to do with creating new rituals. And rituals like I wake up in the middle of the night and I start thinking about work or relationship or kids or pleasure that's coming. Um, you need to replace that with what causes you to sleep. And it, it takes practice. It may take two, three, four days, maybe a couple of weeks before you get in the habit of that working for you. That thing that makes you fall asleep, the relaxing thing. It may be sitting on the edge of your bed and deep breathing, which boosts your BDNF levels. 
In fact, doing that before you fall asleep would elevate your BDNF levels and perhaps call, allow you to have better sort of depth of sleep so you, maybe you don't wake up. So there's habits you can adopt. Then we look at pleasure response. So we've spoken of, you know, dopamine pathways um, and how how they create your relationship with pleasure and reward. We live now with so much stimulus and so much sources of dopamine manipulating technology that there's new problems we have to deal with that we're not taught we need to deal with. And one of them is scrolling, TikTok, Instagram. They are designed to manipulate your dopamine and to keep you hooked. Behavioral change science is what these products are rooted in. In fact, some of you already know that Dr. BJ Fogg, you know, the author of Tiny Habits, who's one of the world gurus on behavior change, he helped us build our reports. Uh, it's his students that built Instagram. His students, after taking his behavioral change course, went out there and built a behavior change product. You have to understand what that product actually is. It's designed to keep you hooked. And how many of us lie in bed scrolling and every single day miss our go to sleep target? You know you're supposed to be asleep by 12 or 11 or 1, whatever it is that, you know, whatever time you need to wake up or however your work is scheduled. That's the time you start thinking about going to sleep because you're hooked on the pleasure caused by scrolling. Or it could be Netflix for the bingers here. The, what I just described is more of the addict, the addict that needs to have it on time every day. And it's hard for them to stop because they're getting that sense of pleasure. Then there's the binger where you don't have this problem. You can, you know, put Netflix or put uh, uh, TikTok or Instagram away. But when you find that Netflix show that you love, you're going to end up binging and you could end up staying up till three in the morning. Um, I spent time with a binger getting through the Breaking Bad series, which was incredible. But because of the binger, I was never asleep before 2 a.m. for a good month and it destroyed my health. Um, so this is where, again, understanding yourself. If you have your DNA, you may know. If you don't understand yourself, you'll, resonate, you'll resonate with this and you'll, you'll know what bucket you, fill it, you fit in already. But the pleasure response drives your habits. So again, it's not a direct binary, my pleasure response prevents me from sleeping. No, there's something in between, which is a habit. My pleasure response drives a habit which prevents me from sleeping or forces me to have poor quality sleep because of what I'm doing. Keep in mind, as you're scrolling, you're also putting blue light right in your face. Even though there's a blue light filter on your phone, that level of stimulus was never meant to happen. Your eyes and your brain were never designed to filter that and still believe that it's sleep time and start to produce the melatonin and the chemicals and the hormones that cause you to have deep, high quality sleep. The challenge I would give you is do it right for one day and see what happens to your sleep. Whether you fit in this bucket, this bucket, this bucket, do all of it. Do it right one day and see what your sleep potential actually is. And once you understand how you were meant to be sleeping versus what you've been doing, you will be sort of blown away in terms of what you've been doing to your body. So take a day and start the day right with sunlight exposure. Have a hot shower. In the middle of the day, resolve your issues. Do not bring them home with you. Take an extra hour at work and close everything. Don't leave it open-ended where you're leaving thoughts to sort of drive you at home. Have that evening walk. 
drive the BDNF levels up. Start to wear and you know dim the lights uh, throughout the house uh, and have that amber glow. Get your blue light filter glasses, have that amber glow. And as it gets late, put on the deep orange so that you, it mimics that fire that your ancestors used to see, which triggered melatonin production and get that melatonin flowing. In fact, maybe even take a melatonin pill to get you into that sleep state. Do not eat you know, within a few hours of your sleep. Do not create that metabolic unrest get rid of the environmental toxins, get rid of that mattress, replace it, get rid of that pillow, replace it. You know, think about what cleaning chemicals are being used in your bedroom, what noises, what uh, stimuli, what light. Do all of this and you can stack it up or you can, you know, dive in if you're that, you know, reward-seeking character, go for it, dive in and see what happens to your sleep quality and see what sleep quality potential you had. And I would argue that not only are you going to feel like wow, I can't believe that all of a sudden my dreams are like watching a movie and I look forward to going to sleep every night because it's actually a new form of entertainment for me because that's how we were meant to sleep. You also feel so much better. You'll wake up a little earlier ready to go. You're ready to jump out of bed. Your mood is better. Your recovery is better. You're ready to go back to the gym. Your hormone levels are better and everything you require them for, libido, health, longevity, hair, skin. These little aches and pains are gone that you didn't even know you had. It's so important for us to be sleeping properly. We hear so much about this today. Um, We need to understand then, if we do this once, just for one day, how we're going to feel and then carry that feeling forward. Give yourself a flavor, a taste of what the potential is. So now before we end this, I want to talk to you about some of the supplements because this is a big question that we were getting uh, and what's recommended. So now when we look at supplementation, you know, we typically aren't looking at um, masking symptoms. I, I mentioned melatonin um, and it's commonly used. Again, that's that hormone. If you do things right with light and with that amber glow, deep orange amber, then you'll, you'll do it well enough on your own anyway. Uh, but there's areas that we looked at. So for stress, uh, things like L-theanine for that pleasure stress response, if you want to create some level of homeostasis and balance and get yourself in the middle where you're supposed to be, uh, L-theanine, sun-theanine is a great product um, and it allows you again to have the proper pleasure reward experience uh, so that you're not pushed. Ashwagandha, rhodiola, ginseng, these are all things that allow you to deal with stress during the day because you don't want to bring that stress uh, back into your bed with you, which then causes the head to spin both as falling asleep and both when waking up in the middle of the night. You want things resolved. Uh, And if you need to do this as part of your routine, because again, everything we say about sleep is about building routine. You need to structure rituals for yourself so you actually do these things. You may require uh, spending an hour in the evening to get your work done. As much as we believe, I'm at home now. I'm not supposed to work. It's my right to be able to not open the laptop and focus on my family. It's also your right to have good quality sleep. And if the things that are buzzing in your head that you didn't get resolved, because there's always those things are going to keep you up, just get them done. Take an hour in your evening, perhaps while you're sitting in front of the TV and double task and get your pleasure, but also get that work done, especially the things that you know that are going to make your head spin, resolve them, get them done. Going back to supplements, when it comes to circadian rhythm, you need to look for things that optimize BDNF levels. You know, having proper omega-3, but proper high DHA level 
high grade, not your off the shelf, you know, here's my fish oil, get the good stuff, pay extra and get the good stuff. Otherwise you're not getting the benefit anyway. Uh, boost your BDNF levels. Vitamin D in the morning. You need to understand the genetics of how you optimize vitamin D. Uh, and if you're not optimal, you need to be either splitting dose or having an elevated dose. We have people that are taking up to 10 or 15,000 IU a day because of the way their body deals with uh, vitamin D. So again, starting the clock. We talked about this in the very beginning. And vitamin D helps you start that clock. Uh, to getting into a rested state, you want to look at sleep complexes uh, that are designed not for putting you to sleep, but giving you high quality sleep. They now exist, you know, five years ago, we didn't have options. It was all about knock you out. And again, just like we look at all health problems, it's about resolving the symptom. I can't sleep, take this pill, knocks you out. You actually felt like you slept. The complaint is gone, but did you actually get into that deep, high quality sleep you meant to? Well, all of these things we've spoken of today need to be resolved to get you there. So when you're looking for a sleep supplement, again, don't look for something that knocks you out that you take 10 minutes before going to sleep. You're looking for complexes that are designed for, you know, creating that brain activity that gets you into a deep sleep state. Um, and most likely, if they're formulated correctly, you're going to be taking them many hours before going to sleep. Because it's preparing your brain for that deep state. And this is where you'll find, again, the knockout supplement like melatonin will only ever knock you out. But what we're talking about, the thing we started with today is quality. Not how do I fall asleep? How do I get deep quality sleep? Because if you're not, you're not recovering. You're not getting the benefit of the sleep to begin with. So you're looking for products that, and I'm not singling anything out because it's not a single ingredient. Uh, it's about products that will uh, get you into the deep slate deep steep sleep state and typically you'll find that you're being asked to take them many hours prior to sleeping because that's what it takes in order for that to get to that state you know what i'm actually going to call out a couple of ingredients even though i said i wouldn't um, i'm actually going to go to uh, a supplement fact sheet we have for a product that we make to talk about certain things because what we the way we think about supplementing sleep is not again about knocking you out it's about getting into that deep state sleep state uh, what we use, uh, ashwagandha, because again, reduce the stress, get you into sleep. Uh, California poppy. And if you want, you can go to our website, thednacompany.com. Uh, this is not a plug. This is for your education, just to say that it's, it's out there. Go look at it. Uh, California poppy, holy basil, GABA, hugely important. Let's get you into the right state. GABA, and you can take this on its own, uh, but in a complex with these other things, will do multiple things. 5-HTP, uh, so that person, again, that that has a serotonin dysregulation, the gene for serotonin is 5-HTP-LPR. So 5-HTP is that supplement that we take to regulate our serotonin levels. So again, the person like myself that can't sleep through the night, you want to take your 5-HTP to bring you to this middle ground where you're not having that struggle. Uh, we also look at magnolia. So you know, there's multiple areas here were, and I wouldn't recommend other than the GABA or the L-theanine or the ashwagandha separating these things. The complex is what works. Um, but start to research sleep supplements beyond, you know, what is it that uh, knocks me out, but what is it that I'm taking right after dinner to prepare my brain for a deep sleep state? Um, Qualia is another great brand. I've used it myself. Uh, they do great work in terms of formulations when it comes to the brain. So I hope I've been able to shed some light on how complex sleep actually is. It's not a single binary 
I can't sleep, tell me what to do. You need to dig deeper into, first of all, what does I can't sleep mean? And it's not the same answer for everybody. As I told you, there's three big buckets. I can't fall asleep. I can't stay asleep. I sleep through the night, but my sleep still sucks. Uh, my re- or sorry, my resilience still sucks. I didn't get that good quality sleep. So first dig into that. Then dig into the items that we said that cause you to actually fix these three areas. It may be multiple. Some people have both BDNF and serotonin dysregulations. You may need to tackle it at multiple angles, but start in the right place and tackle the right angle. Don't take your one-size-fits-all uh, product, which is not designed for your specific problem. So with that, we look forward to seeing you again. We're going to talk about weight uh, on the next show, and we're going to try and dive deep like we did today for sleep. But again, thanks for listening. Hope we were able to help you guys out.